Welcome back to another episode of Let Me Tell You. Today, I'm going to do live from my parents' basement once again. This episode of Let Me Tell You is a little bit different because we're going to have our first ever guest. So, the NBA insider for WSU, for Let Me Tell You, our NBA insider, is coming on at 2.20 to talk all things NBA and a little bit of college basketball, just a smidge, depending on the schedule. So, the main story is, Nick Rolovich can tell the future. How do I know this? Well, listen to this quote. It was close, almost unfair, because I don't think they would have gotten the opportunities. They would have been a regular year cycle, but the clock is ticking and we had to get ready to play. That's what he was talking about, which quarterback would start. And then he says, my message to Cam, Cam and Cooper, Gunner, and Victor Gunner Cruz, who's now the starter, and Victor Gavilas was, you guys need to prove me wrong and keep getting better and improving. Stay ready because you never know what's going to happen, especially this season. Well, Nick Rolovich predicted the future, not the predicted, not the future we wanted predicted. He, Jaden Delora has been ruled inactive for the next two games. Why? Well, because he has COVID. That's 2020 for you. He tested positive some point this week. We don't know when. It is to be determined. No one has released any information about that. But Jaden Delora will mix, will miss the next two games for the Cougars. Yes, once again, the trend continues of the Apple Cup. Us not having a full roster. Well, I don't see that as an excuse anymore. We can beat the Huskies. The Huskies are certainly not as scary as they used to be. So that we're still not out of this race in the Apple Cup. But Jaden Delora tested positive sometime this week, and now is in quarantine. We don't know if anyone else has been placed in quarantine based on contract tracing or fear of testing positive. So we are waiting on that. I think Jane Delora, obviously, you have to give your permission in college sports to say if you've tested positive for COVID just like Trevor Lawrence did, just like the quarterback of Wisconsin did. So he gave his permission, which then would bring us to how does this impact our team? Well, if we're getting real, Jane Delore is our best option. There's a reason he was the starter. He is the best player to run our offense. He is the most competent. He is the most mobile. He's just our best. He's arguably one of our top players. So I'm not arguably, he is one of our top players. And now I want people say, oh, well, Jade, well, Gunnar Cruz and Cam and Cooper are great backups. That may be true. None of them have taken a snap in college. And get this, there's a reason why they were the backups to begin with. They were not good enough to start. We'll see if that if Nick Rolovich's decision was correct or incorrect because he he chose Jane Delora. We'll see if that pays off. I hope it I hope Cam and Cooper, I hope Gunner is really good. So Jane Delora was the second highest ranked college quarterbacks last week, according to Pro Football Focus. They gave him a mark of 92, which is pretty good. That's really good. You would say you're grateful for that performance. And that's a positive. Well, he's gone. He, run, he runs our, our offense extremely efficiently. He is mobile. He makes great decisions with the, in RPOs, which has a lot to do with our offense, whether you hand the ball off to the running back or you throw or you keep it. And that also 
is a downside because the next two quarterbacks who lack mobility. To say Gunnar Cruz or Cameron Cooper was mobile, it would be kind of rude to the word mobile. They're not athletic. They're athletic. They're not quick. And they don't move around well in the pocket. I mean, they don't have wheels. They don't run well. They're not like Russell. Okay, Jaden Delora is Russell Wilson. And Cameron Cooper are Tom Brady and Phillip Rivers, let's say. They're really great pocket passers. I mean, electric stuff. They wing the ball down the field really well. But the elusiveness and the fear that the quarterback could run in any second really helps him and solidified him as, as a threat. It, helped, it played to his advantage. And I thought, looking at this, his ability to run and then forcing the quarterback to have to the defensive coordinator, which at UW would be Jimmy Lake probably. I don't, I don't think he's taken away play calling, defensive play calling from himself yet. Give it to someone else. But he – it scared the Huskies. I don't think they could have handled it. Now the – look, really the whole season's over. This season didn't really – this was a weird season. It wasn't going to do much for us. But the Apple Cup was going to be just a nice – Thank you for getting through 2020 kind of reward for Cougar fans who've been following the rules and all that good stuff. So it's disappointing. It really is. And I think we're not horrible, okay? Yes, Jaden Delora is ideal for our offense. We knew that he's played it since high school. Nick Rolovich recruited him before he took a snap in high school. Look, he's our man. He's our quarterback for the next three, four years. It's Okay. That's why you recruit other people. You can't just run with one quarterback, which is quite evident in the fact, if you see Clemson, they have Trevor Lawrence and DJ Ugalelu. I believe I'm saying his name correctly. I'm sorry if I butchered that. So having a great backup quarterback is crucial, and it's actually hard to attain in this new era of the transfer portal. So let's talk about our backup, who is now our starter. There's a lot of, comp- there's a lot of chatter, discourse, if you will, about who would be our potential backup because on the depth charts, no one was listed as a firm backup. It was always just, oh, well, they're listed, but it's a either and or. Like Nick Rolovich's things always said, well, it's and or, it's gender, it's Jane Delora or Cameron Cooper. Well, now we know it's Gunner Cruz, baby. Ba-dum-ba-dum-ba. The season's on cruise control, if you will. Put the offense in cruise control. Look, Gunner Cruz, well, I think Jane Delora had tested positive for COVID or they were in fear of him having COVID much earlier in the week than they're letting on because Gunner Cruz took a lot of first team reps and what, you suddenly just turn the ball over to Gunner Cruz for no reason. No, you don't. So he had some, something was up with Jane Delora earlier in this week because you don't just give Gunner first team, huh? Okay, so Jaden Delora is playing really well for us, super well. And then what Nick Rolovich says, ah, don't really know what to do anymore. Maybe I'll spice things up by, uh, I don't know, just giving the offense over to Gunnery Cruz for no reason. No, you didn't do that. So, so I think he might leave. I think, once again, I don't really have any evidence to back this up. It just seems strange that he would suddenly not be the starter. I think he had COVID earlier than yesterday. So that means 14-week quarantine, no Apple Cup, no Stanford. Well, 
It's looking like Stanford might not even happen. So didn't really dodge a bullet, but he's only he's not really he's only going to miss one game theoretically. Nothing has been finalized yet. Nothing has been canceled yet. It's looking like if it is canceled, it's because of scholarship issue of curfew issues and not necessarily COVID, which was originally suspected. So Gunnar Cruz, let's get to him. First player from his high school to take a D1 offer. He had offers from Baylor, ASU, and Brown. Yes, you heard me correct. Brown, the Ivy League. I would say that was probably because his 4.63 GPA in high school, at least according to his huddle website, his huddle tape, which they generally don't lie about their GPAs because most of them put, I got a 3-0. Yes, you got a 3-0. Congrats. He is a good quarterback. He screams quarterback. If you look at him and you want to design a quarterback from a machine and you say they need this, this, and this, this intangible, that intangible. This one, he is 6'5". He has quarterback hair. Hold on, it's really dark in here. I need to turn on the light. He has really, he is 6'5". He has a massive arm. He's got the Trevor Lawrence hair. I mean, what good quarterback from the West Coast doesn't have the surfer boy walks. I mean, that's what he has. He looks like a quarterback. He has a missile attached to his arm. So he has his missile launcher, and he just chucks the ball downfield. I mean, he throws a beautiful deep ball. I mean, it's, it's absolutely gorgeous. Drop dead gorgeous. Which is great because Jane Delora throws the ball well. Not great. He, Jane Delora is not as accurate as I would like. Gunnar Cruz, when he throws a deep ball, he throws it exactly where it needs to go. It spins. It looks like a cliche time, an NFL throw. He throws a deep ball beautifully. And that's what we need because Stanford does not have a secondary. They're a horrendous defense. I know historically Stanford has good defenses. Well, their secondary, whether it's because their top recruit no longer goes to their school, switch schools to our school, their quarterback, their top quarterback recruit, which is really supposed to solidify their defense, uh, was rescinded his offer, and he came to our school. That doesn't certainly doesn't help them. Definitely helped us. So, and you listen to Nick Rolovich talk about his offense. A running quarterback clearly benefits the system, and that's not Gunnar Cruz, but we're aware of that. He is, but, so Nick Rolovich might have a slightly different playbook because when you watch the game film on Gunnar Cruz, he does not look mobile. He's not a mobile quarterback. That's never been his calling. That's why he came to WSU, to be an air raid quarterback. And according to his bio, he really likes the breakfast food. But let's be real. What breakfast food is there in Pullman? I mean, old European is great, but you're going to Moscow for food. I mean, that's just what it is. You go to Moscow for the breakfast food. The breakfast club. I mean, the food in Moscow is better. I am partial to Parchlight and Old European, but if you switch the downtown of Moscow, but the downtown of Pullman, you have the ultimate campus here in WSU. But that's not how it works. So Stanford's team looks better on paper, I think. They put up 32 points against Colorado, but if you break it down quarter by quarter, it was really just a last hurrah by the Stanford's offense last week, putting up 16 points in the last quarter. When the game was far, was just decided. It was dead, gone, no chance for response. Maybe Stanford was dead in the water when they came back and put up against a surprisingly good offensive team in Colorado. 
But look, I'm not worried about – I think ideally – there's no ideal time to lose your starting quarterback. Never. You, there's not an argument you can make. You never want to lose your starting quarterback, especially in – especially when your options are two other players who have not taken a single snap in, conference, in college to lose your quarterback. But when you play Stanford – it's one of the better situations. It's either probably OSU, Oregon State, who we demolish, and Stanford, who has no defensive line. I mean, their defensive line is gone. You know how many sacks they put up against Colorado last week? I'll tell you. Do you want to take a guess? Just so number. Ooh, let's say I want to make it really easy for you. Negative five. Or one? Really, the answer is zero. They put up no sacks. They were horrendous. They could not generate a single sack on the quarterback. You, you never hear of an offensive line coming from Colorado. The last offensive lineman who came from Colorado is David Bakhtiari, who well, actually this is a really horrible example now that I say it out loud. But David Bakhtiari is not the highest paid offensive lineman at $100 at $100 million over four years. But they don't generally come from Colorado. Colorado is not known for producing offensive linemen. Stanford has more offensive linemen. They have a top, they're one of their top players in offensive linemen. Oregon has more offensive linemen. Even WSU has more. We have really good offensive linemen. But Colorado is not known for it. So you, you would expect one sack, one pressure. They couldn't do it. They couldn't master a single sack, which is scary to me. These guys are all playing at the def at the conference at the power five level and they can't get a sack. No. Gunnar Cruz is gonna have Abe Lucas, who's really good. Liam Ryan. Why am I blanking on our center names? Brian Green. They're going to have a field day and they're gonna keep Gunnar Cruz upright and give him good time in the pocket, just like Russell Wilson had last night. They just pick apart this defense. And I think Travell Harris is going to Make those Stanford defensive backs sorry they signed up to play in the Pac-12 because Trevell Harris, our kick returner, is going to eat them alive. I mean, it's just there's – even their special teams is statistically not great. It was one game. I'll get into it. It's kind of embarrassing. But look, if this is your first game, take it. I'm glad it's not the Huskies. Gunnar Cruz needs to get his feet wet. He needs to practice. And Stanford is as best of an opportunity as he's going to get. And look, Jane Delore is out. He comes back hopefully in the two weeks. We find out. But this is great, man. If this is this is 2020 for you, did you expect anything normal to happen in 2020? No, I did not expect to get sent home and not be back in Pullman for 10 months. Well, that's 2020. Did I ever expect my quarterback to sit out not being injured, but because he has a virus that's affecting hundreds of thousands of people? No, I truly didn't at the start of this. I was so, I felt great. After the first two weeks, there were five COVID cases in our athletic department since they started testing. So I was thinking, oh, good. We're actually following the rules. We're doing a good job. No one's getting sick. We might be able to make it through this season. Then boom, the hammer drops. Jane Delora gets it. We don't know who else has. I don't think we will know. I think, generally speaking, the quarterback is more open because he's the face of the team. I know this is college, not professional. But I think he's more open about that. 
once again, like Trevor Lawrence. And he sees himself playing in the NFL one day, I, I would assume. So, yeah, I, I don't think we're dead and out. I don't think we're dead in the water either against Stanford. I, I, we are not favored. Vegas has Stanford as two and a half point favorites. I think that's purely because Stanford is at home. And generally speaking, I am not a degenerate gambler, nor will I ever claim to be or want to be. But generally speaking, of all the lines I hear, generally home field is about worth three and a half points. So a field goal when you set the line. So I think they're probably, in the eyes of Vegas, about equal. I think we're better because our, our offense is competent. And by the way, Stanford's offense has been scored by four different people's score points. That would be the quarterback, the running back, the kicker, and a tight end. Four people have scored. Now granted WSU has scored with quarterback Renard Bell, Travell Harris, Dion McIntosh, Calvin Jackson, but these people have scored often and frequently compared to Stanford who is bad. Look, I'm not going to harp too much. I think Gunner was ultimately, I was surprised that Cam and Cooper was not the backup. Once again, I, I fell into the trap of thinking that Nick Rolovich was going to go with the more experienced player and in Cameron Cooper, purely because he's been on the team for so long and he paid his dues. So he thinks, oh, he deserves a chance. But, you know, obviously I was wrong. And I don't know what this means for Cameron Cooper. He's on the backup. Hopefully he won't transfer. If Gunner sucks, you might say, well, we'll go give Cameron a shot in the Apple Cup. Who knows, but we are one minute away from our, let me tell you, insider coming on the podcast to discuss the NBA draft. We are waiting, and we are patiently waiting for Mr. Ian to come on the show. We're going to talk the draft, so that means CJ Elby, where did he get picked? Jaden McDaniels, where did he get picked? Isaiah Stewart, Malachi Flynn, former Cougar. Look. I've been unnecessarily harsh on C.J. Ellaby for a long time about his draft and where I thought he was going to end up. I, I did not personally understand why he was leaving this early. And I was wrong. I ate crow. If you check out my podcast, Rip City Welcomes C.J. Ellaby, you can hear my, me eating pie, eating crow because I suck at predicting things. And I really didn't see CJ getting drafted. I thought it was too big of a risk. The chances of him making it big and getting drafted, I thought were slim to none, probably because of his home and away splits. Oh, and it looks like we have Ian Campbell on the phone. Let's take a listen. Is Ian Campbell, are you there? Ian. Ian, are you there? Okay, Ian is currently working on his mic. I don't know if it's quite necessarily working. I, I can't hear him. So he'll, we will keep waiting for Ian until we can hear him. But the draft, CJ Ellaby was drafted. 47th pick overall. Ian is connecting to audio. Ian, are you there? Yes, I am. All right. Welcome to the show, Ian. So uh, no uh, face, right? Just audio? Just audio. All right. I'm happy to be live. here. All right. This is, you are our 
let me tell you, official, let me tell you, NBA insider. Great. I love the role. I can be your uh, Woj. Yes, you are. Are we going to have a Campbell bomb? <laughs> it isn't. It's the perfect time, you know. Draft this week, college basketball starting up again, and free agency. I mean, what better time for you? This is your bread and butter, am I right? It is. All right, so let's start talking about the draft. CJ Ellaby went to the Portland Trailblazers with the 47th pick. What was and I know we're all, we're all psyched for him. Do you like the pick? What do you think? Is this his best situation? I, I do. I like the pick. Well, first of all, obviously, you and I and all WSU basketball fans are just happy that, that he got drafted and happy for him. And second of all, I think that it's a good fit for him because, you know, Melo's winding down. They don't have mon- many other guys. But I do think that he's going to be a small forward on the team. You don't think he's going to play shooting guard? Why? I think there's too many because I was looking through the depth chart. Obviously, C.J. McCollum's a starter. Right. And then they have Gary Trent who had like a really, really good year this year as a sixth man. So I think just looking at the death chart, he has to play small forward. You don't, you don't see him as – but his whole – he went into the draft playing shooting guard. That was his position. Why? I know, but I, I just don't think there's room for him. I think he'll do better at the small forward, just based off the Trailblazers team right now. So right now, if you're looking at the small forward position, you're right, he does have – it is an easier path. Would you say, just to clarify, would you say, is Rodney Hood a power forward or a small forward? I think Rodney Hood's a small forward. So, okay, so Melo, Melo is a power forward, correct? I do, yeah. I, I think he's okay. slowed down with age, so I think Melo's a power forward. I think in, in the old NBA, he was a small forward, but downsizing. Okay, so when you look at the Portland Trailblazers' small forward depth, they have two players, Rodney Hood and Wayne Wayne and. Gabrielle, I have no idea who Wayne is. I guess Nasir Little, right? No, Nasir Little is listed as a power forward. Really? Yes. So, theoretically, he has one man in front of him. Do you see CJ – no, no, Roddy Hood's a free agent. Wow. I don't think these guys are going to start him this year. Do you you think he'll crack the rotation? I could see it. I really could. Because I'm thinking Melo, if he starts, he'll probably start at the four. Obviously, Dame and CJ – I don't know who their small, starting small forward would be. It might be Rodney Hood. It might be an outside guy that they sign on out in free agency. But I could see him being a part of the rotation. I, I could do. I think Portland has a, a nice history of developing second rounders. Most recently they had oh, – what was his name? He was from Creighton. I don't remember. But it took him two or three years to crack the rotation. I just, I just thought of him. Sorry, I don't have his name off the top of my head, but I think CJ does crack the rotation this year. And what do you think you rem- of it? If you remember, they basically had him at the four in college because for a lot of those games, they did a three-guard lineup. Right. Well, I think – what three guards? I mean, it was basically just Noah. It was Noah, it was Bonton, and then um, Gervais Robinson. Uh, I, I don't think Gervais played that many minutes. He started a lot in the second half of the season. That's fair. First, it was, it was Sheed. And then, then he had that injury. Then Jazz Kunch just kind of didn't start as much in the end. No, that was a due to injury, Kyle Smith said. Oh. I, I don't know how much of that I, I buy. I mean, I think he might have fallen out of love with Jazz Kunch because he was not playing to the level we expected. You think he was a bit streaky. So, obviously, I think, really, if you look at this Portland team, CJ's their best defensive player. You think? Right away, yes. I don't think. It's a very defensive. Defensive. I'm not sure. I'm going to look at the roster, but that that seems like a hot take to me. 
Really? Because Portland has finished the last three years in the bottom, the last three defensively statistics well, in most defensive categories. Well, Son Whiteside's on the team. He's a free agent. Oh. Well, it, it yeah. would, I guess it would depend what happens to Son Whiteside then, but it is possible. It's possible. I think that's what helps him get in the lineup first, not his yeah, offensive he's a guy. Yeah, he's. I mean, he was one of the top defensive players in our conference, and then I think the fact that he plays defense well and effectively will get him into the lineup compared yeah, I, to other. I, players. I consider him a two-way player. Wouldn't you agree? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think his offensive game needs more work than his defensive game. Wow, that's a, a big statement from a guy who averaged. 19, what, 19 a game in the Pac-12? Well, I, I don't think the Pac-12 is anything to hold your cup, any uh, high standard anymore. Did they, did they did well this year. They got, what, six guys in the draft? Seven oh, no, I mean, they did great, great for the draft. I don't, everyone says, oh, the Pac-12 sucks. Maybe in the tournament we never win anything. But if you're looking at a school to get drafted from, the Pac-12 is as good as any. We more That's players true. get drafted from the Pac-12 school than, let's say, Virginia – or even Nova. I mean, Nova wins a lot, but they don't get drafted. Even Duke this year. We had more first-rounders than Duke had players drafted. That's crazy. There's, what, three first-rounders? There was Pritchard, there was Jaden McDaniels, and um, Isaiah Stewart. Is that it, or was there I mean, four? Josh Green from Arizona. I can pull up the list right now. I and mean, then, there was... And then just in the second round, you had C.J. Ellaby, and you had um, – who was the other guy? Tyrell Terry. Tyrell Terry, there's one more. From Stanford. Uh, there is Nico Mannion. Nico Mannion, that's what I'm thinking of, Arizona. Oh, Aniko, Aniko, uh, Aneko Akonway. Oh, yeah. USC. Sixth pick? Uh, no, he was Aniko Akonway. Yes, from well, the, no, I'm thinking of the center. The center. You're USC thinking of, center is like a top seven pick. No, Aniko Akonway was the, is the USC center. You're thinking of, are you thinking of next year's center? No, that's what I was thinking of. So there, there might have been eight picks in the Oh, and Zeke. And Zeke. Najani. So is that eight or nine picks from, just from the Pac-12 alone? Ah, uh, yeah, there was a crazy number. I mean, you had so you had Jade McDaniel's, Peyton Pritchard, Zeke, uh, Isaiah Stewart. You had over seven players picked in the first round, plus the three good. years we had. So a six of the draft was Pac-12. So I don't get the the Pac-12 bashing as much. I mean. I don't, they don't necessarily always play well in college, but they're definitely not a bad conference if you want to get drafted. Yep, I agree. So, all right, let's talk about what do you think this trade for Ennis Cantor? How does this help CJ or does it hurt him? So, honestly, I don't think it's going to make a difference because I'm a Celtics fan. I've watched Ennis play. He is a tried and true center. He is a five. He, he only plays the center spot. So I, I don't think it would affect CJ's minutes. He was like a, a, a wing, a 2-3. Right, but what about uh, – so do you think CJ will only be playing 2-3 or do you think he can eventually slide over to the 4? In this – oh, any other de- times, any other decade, I'd say 2-3. But I think this is the one era where he could potentially play power forward. And, I mean, they just did trade like, away oh, Mario Herzinga. 6-6, six, 6-7? Six, six, oh, he's 6-7. I don't know. No, no, I, 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 I see him listed at 202, but I think he's more like 210. Is that a good weight, or is that a... That's good. I mean, he, he is he pretty skinny. Me. I mean, I, I see him like a Clay Thompson body type, but I think Clay's probably closer to 220. I think also Clay's shorter, right? Clay's... No, Clay's 6'6". Six, six. Six, six. Clay's 6'6"? Six, six? Really? 
Yeah. I thought he was 6'4". Oh, oh no. Clay's, Clay's easily can play two or three. He's he's a really good side for a shooting guard. Now, what do you think of the – I personally think CJ has actually – in the draft coverage, they called him a shooter, I think because he played no. shooting guard. But I think he could be a shooter. I think his numbers were just bad because he was the main focus of the offense. And a lot of his shots in Kyle Smith's system came in the middle of the lane in front of everyone. He, he forced shots sometimes. But, I mean, it's understandable when you're the number one. But this brings me to my player comparison. And I've been thinking about it a lot. And I found a guy, and I think this is CJ's, like, peak. He should go try and be this guy. And this guy's play style and his physique actually perfectly match CJ. And I think this is CJ's, like, like his goal should be to be this guy. Who? DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan for the I'm Spurs. I'm excited about this comparison. DeMar's, I don't know, but I'd say DeMar's 6'7", 220. He easily plays three, easily plays the two. And he, he's a good shooter, but he's a slasher at heart. So he he's is 6'6". DeMar's 6'6". DeMar's 6'6". I don't have his weight oh. up here, but I could find I, that. I think DeMar DeRozan is CJ's ceiling. I mean, if you're DeMar DeRozan, I would take that. Would, would you not? Yeah, I think DeMar DeRozan's a good player. How much he's did you say DeMar DeRozan weighed? I'd probably say 220. Uh, you're spot on, 220. I, I think that's CJ. I mean, that's just the every player. A lot of the NBA is like 6'6", 220. That's like the average in the league now. But So, trivia time. What school did DeMar DeRozan go to? I have no idea. He, I mean, he's been on the Spurs in the Ra- uh, Raptors series. Never my guy. Okay, USC. USC. That sounds right. I feel like I heard that at some point. Born and raised in Compton, so the local area. I knew that, yeah, because a lot of guys from Compton that are in the NBA now. Okay, so let's talk about the draft as a whole. I think, what was your opinion on the draft? Do you think this is a strong draft class, a weak one, or what, do you, what are your opinions? I kept going back and forth because at first I saw some of the stats of the lottery guys, and I'm, I, I, I thought it seemed a little weak to me. But then they, we were still getting solid power five school guys in the second round. So I f- honestly feel like obviously the first round guys were better, but I feel like the second round was better than the first round, if that makes sense. I, I totally agree with you. I think maybe not they won't have better careers, but I think when you're talking about if teams value draft picks, I think the value for your players, you get a better value and return on your investment with the second round picks instead of the first round picks. It, it just seemed like there was, wasn't much of a drop off. No, exactly. I mean, if you – I think one of the guys in the second round were at, like, 25-point-per-game scores, like, Power 5 conference starters. No, I know. There are some things where you go, really, that guy didn't get dropped? Tyrell Terry is my – was one of my favorite players, the point guard from Stanford. Yeah, I and mean, there – I have a few uh, guys – steals, like, guys that slid down that we could talk about. Well, okay, let's, let's talk about that. I Give have me some guys. I have three on my list. Okay. First, Obi Toppin. He was the oh. player of the year, right? Yes. Player, college player mock of the year. Draft, let me pull up my mock draft. I either had him at five or four. And he went eight to the Knicks. I, I got to applaud the Knicks because I thought they were cursed, but they did something right. Okay. Well, they didn't drop the draft, I had Obi at four. I had yeah. Obi at four in my mock draft. He slid to eight. I think he's big. He's six nine. He can play three through five. He averaged well over 20 a game. I think that was a steal. I, I was – Earlier in this season, I was really high on Obi Toppin. I mean, I thought he was the first overall pick. Wow. 
That I mean, and yes, I, I you, would like to point out to everyone on the podcast, I was right. You this thought is a podcast. Lamelo, I thought Lamelo was going to be. You thought Lamelo was the first pick. I thought Anthony Edwards. So, I I thought. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I didn't like Lamelo. I thought he would go first overall. Mm, too risky. But see, I I'm all for it if you're going to take a flyer, and it hits. Lamelo's Lamelo's going to be if he hits. Lamelo is the best player in this draft, no matter oh, what. Oh, that's so true. But, but he's not going to hit. Scared me. The, is he shot like twenty percent field goal percentage? Not but three I, field no. goal. No, that was sad. That was an issue. He just has horrible shot selection. I think someone could probably fix that for I him just, in the NBA. I, I just, I don't know how you don't get benched. Like I can never think of any player that I've ever seen shoot that that low and not like be benched. Well, it's because he played in the Australian League and he and sold tickets. He's also a very talented player. Yeah, I mean, he sold – he got butts in the seats in the Australian League. I don't think winning is necessarily the number one thing. Yeah, I don't know about the league. All right, my second steal is is Precious. Oh, Precious? Hold on. One more thing about Obi Toppin. Where did – okay, Obi Toppin is also from New York, so I think that also is nice. The Knicks got a hometown guy who okay, should – Yeah. Start right play. Okay, uh, Precious Achua. Precious Achua. Memphis. I saw, I'm a Celtics fan. You know this. A lot of the mock drafts had us taking him at 14. And he slid to 20. I, I remember just after that, I knew Cole Anthony was coming off the board, but I'm like, he has to be 16. He has to be 17. He has to be 18. He has to be 19. All the way to 20, I think that's a steal for the Heat. How do you see him fitting in with the Heat? I mean, they have Bam Adebayo. That's what I think that – they can do a, like a, a Twin Towers. Thing. Oh, so David Robinson, Tim Duncan kind of thing? Yeah. And the, and the, the thing is, is that these guys are like more mobile and can actually kind of shoot. I, I think it also doesn't hurt that they have a – the Heat are going to be one good defensive team. I mean – They are. They, they, have, they have two guys that were rookies this year that were like rookie of the year conversation great shooters. Tyler Harrow and Duncan Robinson. I guess I mean, Duncan Robinson wasn't rookie of the year conversation, but no. But I mean, it was also a second year, so yeah. Work. You know what I mean? Two young yeah. guys that are knockdown shooters that are probably going to be with the franchise for a while. So I feel like they can afford to go big just with Tyler Harrow and Duncan Robinson off the bench. Oh, I think they totally can. I think, I think Tyler Hero should be a starter from day one. Easily. Yeah, I, I he he really dominated my Celtics in the playoffs. I I can remember like a thirty-eight point game, and like if you think about that. He's like a shooting guard, so that Marcus Smart was his matchup, and and there's no hard, there's it's hard to score out on the court, so Marcus Smart. Yeah, no, and going back to the draft, I think that Achue, Precious Achue, was the best defensive player in this draft by a long shot. He oh, he's was a great defender. He's the he was the best rim protector, and I think he becomes an an elite defensive player in the NBA right away. And I'm scared for the Celtics because. You add all those guys, obviously Jimmy Butler. It's, it's, it's going to be tough to beat the Heat, I feel like. Yeah, it's really the, – the East is basically – because let's be real, Giannis will probably leave the Bucks. He, he might leave the Bucks, and also the Bucks just always do terrible in the playoffs. Yeah, they don't play well. So, really, the East has now become the Heat versus the Celtics. I, that's what I think. And yeah, it's just got to be them I for the next I mean, couple of years. I, I try to hope the Celtics keep Gordon Hayward. I think he missed the series, and I feel like he could have pushed him over the edge, but Gordon Hayward missed the Heat series. Yeah, that's rough. Okay, my steals, I think, I think, well, not my steal. I think, honestly, obviously, CJ Ellaby. Some people might say Nico Mannion. I, I'm I not as high on, too. I'm not high on Nico. I know. I'm not high on Nico. I don't, I think he was a fine player in the backfield, nothing special, 
But I think Tyrell Terry. Yeah, he, he really flamed Nico, out. Nico didn't meet my expectations. No, I mean, he was all Pac-12 second team, but at the beginning of the season, he was supposed to be a lock for the top 10 if he slated yeah, he just to the 14. No, he, now he's 48 to the Warriors. But, I mean, if you're Nico, the Warriors are a great spot to land in. So he was now. behind – two picks behind CJ. Wow. What do you mean, one pick? No, CJ was 46, right? I thought it was 47. No, because right after CJ was yam to the Celtics. Um, have I been saying this right? Hold on. Oh, 46. Yeah, yeah. He was 46. I, I like CJ. I think CJ's a hit or miss player, but I feel like... No, I, I think, think Nico's more hit or miss. I agree. But I think CJ... I feel like he's got... I think he can make the rotation easily. Oh, CJ can. Uh, I think Nico definitely has a better chance now that Clay's out for another year. Which yeah, that's going to help. But that's hurting the Warriors. I, I, I don't think they're going to win. They don't have a shot at winning it all anymore. I, I think they have a bet. I think with their trade for Kelly Oubre, they're much better. They traded for Kelly Oubre? How have I not heard about this? I, I don't know. It was yesterday. I thought I'd mentioned Kelly Oubre has been traded twice in the last three days. I, it, I think it was part of a deal. So it wasn't like he was officially. It was more of a, we're going to trade you, then trade you again. So he never actually. He, he was moved from the Suns. Then Suns he moved. to the Thunder to the Warriors. Yeah, that's, he was on the Suns a week ago. Yeah, and then they made a model for the New Jerseys, and they just oh, cut bait like two yeah. hours later, which is great. Yeah, <laughs> but so, I, I think that 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 does that's a good situation for Nico Mannion, and I mean he is a guard, and it's not like Steph Curry's a bad guard to learn from. No, and plus, uh, I mean they got rid of D'Angelo Russell, and they don't really have any guard depth, so I think theoretically Nico could be a starter this well, year. And that when you can always do the two wing th- sort of situation, right? But I mean, they're probably not going to be great, so I don't know why not send, why not just dunk Nico's, put Nico's head to the fire. You could, you could. All right, want to hear my last deal? I have one more steal. All right, give it to me. This is a guy who ran the the offense of not this season, but I would say notoriously probably over the last decade the best school in college basketball, and that's Trey Jones. Trey Jones, I love me some. I love me some Tyus Jones. That's what I'm saying. The three reasons he ran Duke's offense, which I think over the last decade, best school in college basketball. He he had good stats. He had like six assists, six and a half assists, which for college is a lot because they only play like 25, 30 minutes a game. Those guys because it's 40 minute games, and his brother's done well. So why couldn't he? I mean, no. I mean, I think Trey Jones. Should not have slipped to the second round. I think it would have been a great late first round pick, just like Cassius Winston. 41. And who was yeah. he picked by again? Uh, I can tell you. I believe the Thunder, Ty Jones, right? Trey. Ty's been in the league already. All right, Trey Jones. Trey Jones. Oh. Well, Ty Jones is actually a Husky football player, according hopefully, to Google. Hopefully he ha- he doesn't have his brother's size. because Trey have- Jones is – oh, this is great. He's going to do so well. Oh, I'm loving it. Where'd he go? Take a guess. Great for developing teams. Spurs? Yep. Oh, you just can't hate Greg Popovich. No, he's, he's an amazing dude, and he develops the heck out of players. And he's just such a good coach. I mean, I think he hasn't missed a playoff since I've been alive, I'm pretty sure. He just missed this year. But yeah, in a 22-year streak. That's just ridiculous. That's longer than my life. That's, that's longer than my life, too, man. That's crazy. But it, that's a really nice situation. I would say DeJounte Murray is going to be there. It might be an issue for him, but we'll see how it goes. DeJounte? Yeah. DeJounte, yeah. 
DeJounte Murray is a local kid from the Seattle area, so that's even better. I mean, they developed DeJounte Murray. His first year, he was atrocious. His second year, he was like, oh, okay. Third year, oh, he took off this year. Yeah, he had that brutal injury. Yeah, that was unfortunate. But he's back. I, I, that, that's going to be a good situation. I, I think he'll probably be the backup point guard on that team. Oh, I definitely see that. I, I don't have any worries about him getting time. I think also I want to talk about some of the other local kids drafted because this is a Washington State of course. show, but I think we need to talk about some of the other people who played in the Pac-12 against us. I yeah, think those the are my first seasons, so. Right, yes, of course. I think the biggest shock to me, honestly, was Isaiah Stewart's draft. Yeah, and you saw the tweet, how come there's no WSU highlights against him? <laughs> Jeff, oh, ask us Jeff Pollard locked him up. Okay, yeah, so was- Trailblazers drafted him, which would have been great. Isaiah Stewart and Cole, uh, CJ. Now. But no, he was traded to the Thunder. Really? Part Not- of that deal. And then I'm trying to read up on him. It looks like he's actually on the Pistons now. That's a lot of movement. Okay, so he is, it went, he was, Trailblazers drafted him, traded to Pistons after first being dealt to Rockets. So he's on the Pistons. That's really great from him because Blake Griffin's a great big man. Right, but Clay Griffin mostly plays power forward and isn't. Exactly. What did you say that he's more of a center? Exactly. Yeah. He he has a big man that he can learn from without having to like over like step on top of. I mean, if you look at their depth chart, center or power forward. Their depth chart is small ball. He's interchangeable. I mean, I love Sadiq Bay, who's on the Pistons now too, which is great. That that's a lot of big men, but Sadiq's more of a power forward. I I think that's going to be a nice because I didn't hate the the. Big guy combo of Blake and Drummond in, in Detroit. I mean, they don't have Drummond anymore. Their starting no, center in, 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 goes in, is in, Christian Wood, Dwayne Dedman, John Henson, Bradley, and then Stewart. I see Stewart kind of bumping Tony Bradley out of the way and John oh, Henson, too. And, and Christian Wood isn't a good player. No, I mean, I could see Isaiah Stewart cracking yeah, I, the starting I remember rotation. Like two years ago watching a Celtics summer league game, and Christian Wood was competing for a spot on a roster, and I didn't think he was going to get it. Yeah, no, I mean, Isaiah Stewart really has a good shot. I mean, he was the only good Husky who lived up to his potential this year. Yeah, and I can speak on this because I saw a Pistons game live last January. Oh, how so how was Christian Woods? He wasn't that good. That's what I'm saying. I didn't no. like him. It was because I, I, he, there was a Pistons-Lakers, and I didn't think he was that good. He started, but he didn't play a whole lot of minutes. No, I mean, he doesn't strike fear in my heart. Isaiah Stewart, if I'm an opposing He's player – Anthony Davis, to be fair, which is probably the best big man in the league. But Are you forgetting about Malcolm Brogdon? I said best big man in the I'm league. I'm aware. Malcolm Brogdon plays every position. No, okay. he does not. Yeah, well, that's okay. He does, uh, but you're wrong. Brogdon at the five. I do. I think he could play any position he wants. No. Nah. Okay, well, you're incorrect. I'm right. Malcolm Brogdon's Mark better than Brogdon couldn't. Who could? Mark could. Uh, that's a false statement, sir. Okay. Smart is my height and has blocked seven foot one Jared Allen. Oh, Jared Allen, Schmerit Allen. Okay. What UW basketball player plays for the, okay. So Jaden McDaniels, does he have a brother in the NBA? I'll say yes. Yeah, he does for the Hornets, which I had no idea. Who is it? Jalen McDaniels. Oh, never heard of him. And by the way, Jaden McDaniels is on one of my list as well, my overdrafted list. You think he should not have been picked in the second round? 
He was I think he should have been picked in the second round. He was picked 28. Oh, right. Okay. Okay, this is even more in your – Jalen McDaniels played at a school that you're very familiar with. What school? They surf a lot there. Is it Toy Pines? No, no, San Diego State. Oh, I thought you were talking high school. No. Torrey Pines is a feeder school. Their basketball team is a monster. They just destroyed our rivals two years ago in stage. I love it. So, Jaden McDaniels, I think he was – I think he's in a horrible position. I think he's in a decent position now with – I mean, he's not going to play over LeBron. I mean, he's not playing with LeBron, so that's okay. He was traded to the Timberwolves. There's been a lot of movement since this draft. Yeah, none of the, none of the, all the stuff was finalized the day after the draft. Oh right, I remember that that they couldn't make any finalizations. But Timberwolves, okay, so there's who's on that team at the at the power is he power forward, right? Yes, he'd be power forward. And I, I think that people just like him because he looks like KD, but he does not play like KD. I know he does. He doesn't actually look like KD. His his physique looks like KD. No, okay. He's just so, super tall and long and skinny. All right, so obviously the shooting guard is D'Angelo Russell. Who is Minnesota's point guard? D'Angelo Russell plays one and two. Obviously, they have Cat. They have Josh Okogie, I think. They still do. Who do you think their point guard is? Um, D'Angelo plays one and two. I, I'm, it, I'm drawing a blank right now. He is not from the United States. Wait, did they, trade, did they trade for Ricky Rubio? Yeah, they got Ricky Rubio back. And I actually like Ricky Rubio. I do too. I think Ricky Rubio is a really, really good point guard. He, he just he, he's, has a knack for getting steals. And I, I think that point guards who can play defense is something that goes under unacknowledged in this league. It really does. Okay. You want scoring and playmaking, but. Your uh, favorite player in this draft is listed as their starting small forward. Who was my favorite player in this draft? Anthony Edwards. He's a shooting guard, tried and true. Uh, he's listed as a small forward. For the Timberwolves, wow. Yeah, I think that's smart. He can play like a guard. Uh, and I'd go D'Angelo and him as the starting one-two punch. So you're just benching Rubio? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, you're going to bench yeah, Rubio? Uh, they, if they have a big power forward, they can do it. And then I mean, Carl Anthony Towns will be the center. I mean, they really do have a big power forward. They have Jaden McDaniels and Juan Hurton Gomez. Hurton Gomez is good size. I, I've never liked him that much, but. All right, my last question, Ian. Are you ready for this? I am. All right. CBS Sports published their top 300, their top, their rankings for 357 schools in the, in college basketball. How are they going to play this season? What do, what rank do you think WSU got? This is every school in the country. Every school in the country. I'm going to go 94. WSU. What do you think Washington State? What do you think? Wait, did I say Washington State or Washington? You said Washington State. What do you think Washington got? 130. Oh, you are so wrong. It's okay. That's what I would have gone with too. But WSU had a strong recruiting class, so I'd say top 100. WSU was 125. 90s, I said 95 or something like that. So that's not right. Fair. I'm talking. And then do you want to know what UW's was? What? 79. That's not true. I know. That was what really upset me because they their best players left, and they sucked. So they have no one. Uh, we, we, I think we, we beat them both Apple Cup games, right? We actually demolished them. 
Seriously. And the city of Seattle is now Noah Williams. Noah so Williams, hometown, yes. And before I go, I wanted to have one more player comparison. That I All played. right, hit me with it. And this is at WSU. I know he's Ooh. out. Okay. I know he's out. But if he wasn't injured and if he comes back next season, Jason, sorry, not Jefferson Coolaby is a score, really good scoring guard that would probably uh, be a bench. Yes. He screams Lou William to me. Oh, I love that. Because Lou Williams. Player, with, um, with Bonton and Noah Williams, he probably won't start. But he averaged, like, what, 35 a game in Canada? Yeah, 35, 10, 11 or something. That's ridiculous. Lou William, aggressive scoring guard off the bench. I love it. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Go Coos. All right. Go Coos. There you have it, folks. That was Ian, Let me, the official NBA insider of Let Me Tell You podcasts, radio show, and everything. All right, Ian has officially left the building. Let's talk football, baby! So, I hope you all enjoyed the the Ian show. Right now, as we speak, Theo Lawson has just tweeted out, or uh, right before the season the show started, he tweeted out, I am able to confirm that the plane that was scheduled to take WSU's football team to San Jose has not left. The ground is unclear what that means for tomorrow's football game against at Stanford as unclear if it's a potential cancellation due to COVID. I mean, it is a cancellation due to COVID, whether it's due to the curfew, the 10 p.m. curfew in California or the COVID WSU's players having testing positive for COVID. We don't know, but if it's, Okay, here. We're having more. We get right. This is live as we go right now. WSU's game against Stanford has been declared a cancelization. We are no, we'll no longer be playing Stanford. Wow. Okay, for various reasons, not all of them are related to COVID. 19. The Cougars fell below the Cougar Pactual mandated threats. 53 scholarship players. Wow. So there is no football game tomorrow. But, wow, that really does suck. I don't have a ton to do, a ton to say. Stanford is working on... Oh, this might also cost us the Apple Cup too because of contact tracing. So... It really looks like we might not have football for the next two weeks, depending on how contact tracing goes. So as of right now, we will not be playing Stanford. Stanford is looking to find another opponent right now because WSU has pooped the bed with their COVID protocols and people weren't following the rules. So shout out to my dad who won the bet that we would have a game canceled first. So I was wrong. Okay. That really does blow. And I have to go find something to do with my Saturday night. Okay, there it goes. We will now, at the max, play one less game. So, there's it, folks. All right, let's talk about the Oregon game, even though now our next game could be the Apple Cup. If not, it will be, I believe, USC right after. Oh, great. They're just going to kick us in the mouth again with our matchup against the top 20 team. Okay, cool. I was looking, really looking forward to the Apple Cup. Good job, guys. Follow the rules. Thank you. Wear a mask. That's all good. Okay. 
Look, it's just going to be a quick recap. We also don't have a ton of time to talk about the game. Look, our offense put up 29 points. I'll take 29 points any day, 24 times, 20, 24, 7, 7 days a week, 364 days of the year. That other one day, the Apple Cup, I need to put up 75. It's really – it hurts me more because of how bad our defense played. I mean, they were awful, horrendous. The second half of the game, they were just an embarrassment. They need just help in every facet of the word. They're bad. Bad, bad team. Which is crazy to think because our defense played lights out the first half with Aiden Hector, the cornerback, the walk-on cornerback who had – two forced fumbles, and one interception just in the first half, along with Brennan Jackson, who had two forced fumbles. So when you get five turnovers in the first half, you, you expect to win. You say, hey, we can get five turnovers. The defense shouldn't choke that much. Well, you haven't watched the coups because they sure as heck choke a lot. So what else happened? Second half, meet C.J. Fredell, University of Oregon's running, running back. He loves playing the Cougars because last year he put up 300 total yards of offense and 225 yards of rushing total. So that was unfortunate. Then he decided, "Eh, let me do it again. Put up over 100 plus the final play of the game. Let me take you through it. Let me paint the picture. So one minute left. Third and 10. Like third and 15, actually. Tyler Shuck, Oregon quarterback, it's at the line, looks around, snaps the ball. Ron Stone beats the offensive lineman around the corner, and he gets to the quarterback. But wait, Ron Stone, you jumped too early. Dude, they handed it to the running back, not the quarterback. And then C.J. Verdell scampers 70 70 yards down the line. They ice the game, game over. There goes their chance to upset Oregon. And then again, this just kind of washes out the canceled out the spectacular performance by Renard Bell, Travell Harris, Dion McIntosh, who might have taken Max Borgie's job. Is that a hot take? Who knows? But I don't know if Max Borgie is a guaranteed starter when he returns. Uh, there's not really any point about talking about Stanford because we will no longer play him. We don't have a game, which really bums me out. I'm not going to lie. I kind of look forward to these football games. Look, I also do a podcast about him, so I don't really know what I'm going to talk about this weekend. But I did the draft talks. I guess there's not much else to do. But I guess that is all for us today, folks. All right. If you like the show, please tune in every week. If you like me, if you like Ian, check out my podcast. Let me tell you, colon WSU or Washington State, whatever you want to search up. It's available anywhere you can find podcasts. Let me tell you, colon WSU or Washington State. Check me out on Twitter, Deputy Violet, D-E-P-E-U-T-Y-V-O-I-O-L-T. Violet on Twitter, Instagram, Let Me Tell You Podcast Network. Yeah, guys, don't really have anything to be positive about anymore. No Cougar football this weekend. Stanford looking for a new game. So, yeah, that's it, boys. That's the show. Have a good one and go Cougs.